This is Matt Murphy, Chair of the University of Liverpool's Education for Sustainable Development Working Group, and you're listening to the Academy's Developing Practice Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Academy's Developing Practice Podcast. In this episode, we chat with Matt about his role as the chair of the university's Education for Sustainable Development Working Group and how the working group supporting colleagues from across the University of Liverpool to embed sustainability within their curriculum. We hope you enjoy. Matt, we're really pleased to be speaking with you today. We're lucky to have you on the podcast before, so we've already got to know you a little bit and about how you've arrived at your your role as a senior lecturer at the University of Liverpool. But for this topic, uh, we'd like to get straight into the discussion and talk to you about embedding sustainability within the curriculum, which, as we know, has been a key priority for our institution. And indeed, many colleagues across the higher education sector are also keen to explore sustainability. So your role at the moment is the chair of the university's Education and Sustainability Development Working Group. Just a slight mouthful. It's a big mouthful. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about how you first became interested in sustainability? Okay, yeah. I mean, okay. As, as, a, as a teaching lead in the School of Engineering, um, I'm responsible for developing our programmes according to uh, the demands that will be placed on the professional engineers of the future. So for many years, it's been clear that professional engineering has a central role in ensuring a sustainable future for the planet. Uh, whether that's um, making sure we are responsible in our use of the world's natural resources, uh, whether it's taking responsibility for the management of a product life cycle from cradle to grave, in fact, to cradle again when it's reused, um, or for um, the generation of clean and renewable energy. So engineering's got a central role. So for over a decade, sustainable development has been central to our programme learning outcomes and we've been creating students equipped uh, to be more sustainable engineers. Right and it seems it's become more the four at the moment, more people are talking about it at the moment than ever before. Um, Why is that? Why do you think people are really hot on this subject at the moment? I think most of it's driven by the ever more obvious concerns we should be having about environmental sustainability. I mean in the context of university-wide education sustainability is much more than just about the environment. Mm. But front and centre on the, on the front, front page of most newspapers several times a year, there's a story about climate, climate uh, catastrophe. So yeah. it's uppermost in everyone's mind, um, not just in education, but in people's daily lives. So I think that's why it's a more pressing issue. Yeah. It seems that you wear quite a lot of hats at the university. And I first heard you speak about your work. Um, in a faculty education committee based in a faculty that wasn't your own. So it's obviously that this work is a university-wide initiative. Um, so it would be really helpful for us to first of all define what do we mean by ESD? It's a very good question. And once you, if you were to Google that, que- that question, you'd get thousands of different answers. There seems to be a different definition of ESD for every single person that's uh, thought about it. Um, I think I've, I've got a couple of uh, definitions to hand which I could read out. I think I think a very good one to start with would be the UNESCO definition from 2018. Yeah. 
Okay, so so UNESCO's definition for education for sustainable development (ESD), which is a which is a set of letters I'll use a lot, I think, in this uh, podcast. Um, but it reads: I'll read it. I'll quote it directly. Education for sustainable development empowers learners to take informed decisions and responsible actions for its environmental integrity, economic viability, and a just society for present and future generations, whilst respecting cultural diversity. It's about lifelong learning and an integrated part of quality education. ESD is holistic and transformational education, which addresses learning content and outcomes, pedagogy and the learning environment. It achieves its purpose by transforming society. So quite a long, broad definition there. Yeah. Um, but I think UNESCO is, is perhaps one, one definition that we would always work to. Um, another, a bit briefer, in, uh, in, in March in 2021, uh, Advanced HE and the QAA published a very useful document um, for educators called Education for Sustainable Development Guidance. Um, and there's a few definitions in there, but the, uh, quite a snappy one is uh, ESD develops competencies, skills, attributes and values, and how they link to subject knowledge and knowledge of sustainable development. I like that one because it emphasises that education for sustainable development isn't just the addition of more content, more knowledge acquired by the students. It's much more about developing skills, attitudes and experience. Mm. And that underpins everything um, in the, that the ESD working group does. Yeah, I think that's interesting. So that definition in particular is talking about what we want for our students but do you think also some of this narrative is driven by the students themselves? So over the course of your career, have you seen a real thirst in your students to, to understand you know, ESD better within their learning at the university? Um, yes, definitely. I mean, I, I've seen it anecdotally. There are also several studies um, which uh, have surveyed students' attitudes uh, in recent years. And your, your question was uh, about how, why are people talking about yeah. it? Well, it's creep. It, it, it was very high to start with. I think, yeah, anecdotally in our subject area, we know that students choose engineering because they want to save the planet. They want to change the world. So it's always been very high profile. But it's becoming more high profile across the curriculum, across the different uh, faculties. Um, and there was a recent uh, NUS um, survey of all students starting university, and 91% say they agree that their place of study should actively incorporate and promote sustainable development. So that was compared to 88% uh, just three years before. Fantastic. So it's not going, it's not shooting up, but that kind of comprehensive study, it's mm -hmm. creeping up. Yeah. If we're at 91%, I think we can conclude that our students expect uh, a certain level of education for sustainable development in their yeah. program yeah. to suit their career and life ambitions ahead. Fantastic. Yeah. So, do you think they also expect that sustainability in the when they come to campus? Then, and they see that we've got quite a lot of work happening on campus, and they might see new buildings. Do you think they expect it in those buildings as well? I think they absolutely do. Yeah. I mean, there's been quite a reform in the way sustainability as a whole is is, is dealt with at the University of Liverpool. There's now the Sustainability Board. Which comprises eight working groups. And seven of those are about our institutional behavior, right. how sustainable we are as an organization. There's a, there's a group for traveling transport. There's one for biodiversity. There's one for built environment. So you can see these are about us as a, as a large organization in the city. 
The eighth working group uh, is a diff slightly different, and that's the, the one that I chair, which is about educating our students. So we're all in the same board, but you can see we're not just talking about education, it's also about us as a um, university. So we've talked about some of the drivers for students, but what do you think are the drivers for people, maybe in terms of academics wanting to enhance their, well, wanting to enhance ESD within their academic practice and higher education? What do you think their drivers might be? So, so if we're thinking about uh, what drivers there might be for staff wishing to enhance their uh, education for sustainable development in their programme areas, um, I think perhaps one, one, one of the important drivers is the Liverpool Curriculum Framework, something we all refer to whenever we're developing modules and programme structures. Um, and embed, embodied in that curriculum framework are the three attributes, one of which is global citizenship. And sustainable development is an important subset of global citizenship. Some might argue that in the years since that curriculum framework was first drafted, uh, the importance of education for sustainable development has risen. Mm. And perhaps it's time to um, make it, uh, sustainable development more prominent in the curriculum framework. But it's there. Mm. Um, another driver is um, last year the QAA published the first um, set of 14 revised subject benchmark statements. Um, and, in, and in all of those, um, sustain, education for sustainable development is much more prominent. So as the other revisions for the other subject areas come out, then I think all subjects across the whole campus will see uh, the importance of ESD raised and will be driven to um, develop their practice in that area. Many programmes are also, of course, accredited by their professional bodies. Um, so I'm an engineer and uh, we're, we're the Engineering Council accredits all engineering programmes and their output standards, their uh, accreditation for higher education programmes documents were on edition four. And through each of those editions, the importance of ESD is raised and now it's uh, very prominent. Um, but I think I'm going to go back to students. I mean, the, the main reason yeah. that I think yeah. staff should be developing their practice in this area is because students expect it, as we've discussed. It reflects their ambitions for not only their study, but their life and careers afterwards. So for that reason, um, I think staff are being motivated to develop their practice. I suppose over it, overall, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And we've discussed already, you know, it's on the, the, the newspapers are full of stories about climate catastrophe. And I think we all appreciate that we need to do more mm. to create the next generation of graduates that are equipped to make a difference in the world, to contribute to a more sustainable future. Oh, that's fantastic. So there seem to be many drivers in terms of um, causing our academics to think about this key concept of ESD, both from within our university, but also externally from across the sector as well. And as you mentioned previously, you're the chair of the ESD uh, working group that covers the whole university, not just um, your School of Engineering. So can you tell us more about that working group that you're the chair of and its main priorities? I can. So um, the working group is comprised of uh, academic reps from the three faculties, um, teaching leads. Um, it has membership from the career service, from the academy, from the uh, Centre for Innovation Education, um, from the Guild. Um, and the aim of our working group has always been to initiate and support the development of ESD practice that equips our graduates with the knowledge, skills and attitudes uh, essential to them making their own contribution to a sustainable future, both professionally and personally, mm -hmm. so in their professional and personal lives. 
So we've only been around for about 18 months. And in that time, we've concentrated our work in three areas. Um, the first was our student-facing work, working directly with the students. And uh, we've created a student sustainability network and hub. So the hub is an online home for all things sustainable for students. Um, and it's uh, created as a Canvas site. And it currently has 47,641 registered users. Um, so we already have a group. Now, that, that every student that starts uni, whether on campus or online, is by default enrolled. Mm-hmm. So, but we have them there as an interesting group. And there's very strong user statistics for the Canvas site. Well, I'm one of those people on that Canvas site. And I have to say, it's probably one of the better, well, probably one of the best Canvas sites I've seen in the university, actually. The way it's designed, the way it's, the way you go through that uh, Canvas site is, the structure behind it is actually really, really good. So, did you say students have, design that themselves yeah I'm really on one hand I'm very pleased to hear you say that um, because (laughs) it's probably one of the few campus sites that's not designed by members of academic staff it it, it was designed by uh, a group of uh, six student interns which we employ every summer Um, and they they developed it in the first place and each summer they'll come back a different set and they'll update it and refresh it and improve it so it's got a very good structure behind it it's led uh, by Dominique Price in the um, in the Mm. careers careers career service Um, but they've done a fantastic job as you say and I'm very pleased with it the main sort of content areas there's a there's a home for the student sustainability network which I'll talk about in a moment The, the at the heart of the site is uh, our sustainability in action self-study course. It's a basic introduction to the sustainable development goals with an inbuilt uh, assessment tool. And if students complete the assessment, uh, that completion is here recognized or recorded on their higher education achievement record. Um, so that's that, that course on its own has been around for three years and it's won accolades and awards across the sector. Um, so, and that's being enhanced each year to bring it more up to date. So any student in the university now has access to that course. Um, and that's interesting. Um, some academic departments, mine, engineering um, included, have, st- have, have extracted that from the Canvas site and used it as the start point to build a broader course. So we've put that at the heart of a year one credit bearing course. It's a fraction of a module. It's one and a half credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but we topped and tailed it with more engineering specific stuff. We beefed up the assessment mm-hmm. a little right. bit. Yeah. So we're, we're taking this tool that's already available and bringing it, giving it more of a discipline mm. focus, which is a nice development. I think we'll see more of that across the university, uh, as in, in the years ahead. There's then also access to a, a national database called the NU, run by the NUS called For Good. This is a database of um, work placements, career opportunities, project opportunities, campaigns, volunteering opportunities that are uh, harvested from around the world and collected in one place that's searchable by students. Right. We subscribe, which means there are we're allowed to put our own opportunities on there as well as the university. So that's a good place for students that want to increase their extracurricular mm. activity. Yeah. One of the principles about for our working group is we're not only give, educating students about sustainable development. Once we've done that, equipped with their new knowledge and their new skills, they need a chance to put that into practice. And I think this is our effort to give them an outlet for their new um, enthusiasm and knowledge and skills to do something for good. Um, we've got a database of campus on-campus opportunities, uh, and we link into the university volunteering opportunities. And there's an area um, which links into the university's recycling. Um, groups. 
there's also a LinkedIn, we, we link directly to LinkedIn Learning, which has got a wide range of courses relevant to sustainable development. Really, really some really good ones on um, carbon literacy and zero carbon and so on. So that's the hub. Many users and the courses. I think. I think. I think the courses have four thousand and something um, successful completions now. But it's having having all these students registered for this Canvas site. We've got this ready-made group, and we we need to turn it into a network of some sort. So we have this year we've appointed uh, ten interns, nine from on-campus programs, different programs, different levels, undergraduate, postgraduate, um, and one rep from um, the online programs. And they're at the moment imagining what this network should be, what it should do, what 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 the students would want from it, uh, and that, of course they're the best people to do that. Yeah. So we're quite excited. I mean, they're a very passionate, very thoughtful, and they've come an engaged group, and they've come up with some fantastic ideas already. Um, so I'm very positive about that network being a, a, a really important component of student life in years going forward. So the the hard launch will be next academic year, twenty three twenty four. So they're just starting to get out there and be ask the community what they want. So this is one of my first plugs for Sustainability Week coming up. Um, and uh, on the Monday, the 20th of February, our student network will have a stall in University Square where they will be uh, seeking the opinions of everyone who walks within grabbing distance. Um, so they can stay, it's the start of their research and the start of them having a presence on campus. So that's the first landmark of, uh, of the new student network. That sounds brilliant. And I got to know some of this work because you were presenting, as I said earlier, at a faculty that isn't your own. So you're obviously trying to kind of get the word out there. So how do you want academics from across our institution to engage with your working group? Okay, well, to to make that on our working group, we do have two reps from each faculty. So they are starting to go out and uh, talk to programme teams within their subject areas. But we, we wanted to be very accessible by all staff. So uh, we've set up, just as we set up a student sustainability hub, we've set up a staff education for sustainability hub. And this is hosted by CIE, Centre for Innovation and Education. And it's under their curriculum development part of their website. Um, so there's several areas of use that would be of great use to staff that want to improve their practice in this area. First of all, there's a lot of guides and case studies. So guides about education for sustainable development, case studies of good practice, both internally and nationally. Um, so that's a really good place to go for that first uh, th- that first bit of research into what others are doing and what could be transferable into your own practice. Um, there's an online course under the CIE On Demand portfolio of self-study courses. There's one on education for sustainable development, which again, I'd suggest will be a good place to start um, there's a programme of workshops and events hosted by, across the university. Um, perhaps I'll do another plug now because there's a <laughs> workshop during Sustainability Week directed at staff um, on Friday the 24th of February called Enhancing Education for Sustainable Development in Your Programmes. Mm-hmm. And that's led by myself and Nick Bunyan from CIE. So there, but there's a, there's a, there's a catalogue of other events um, going on throughout the year that staff can see. Um, there's the access to the two of the things that students see. I think it's important staff know what students are. So you can link, staff can link into the student hub and browse around it as a guest user. Um, and they can also link to that NUS for good platform I spoke about. But I think one of the really valuable uh, buttons on there, my favorite button is the one that's labeled bespoke support. Because if you click that, then someone from CIE will be in contact and arrange to come over 
and speak to either you about your own teaching or about a programme team or, or, or at faculty and at school and faculty level. So that's how you can dial up um, some some bespoke support for your right. development. So there's instant access to to somebody who will just literally yeah. come around and and have that conversation with you in person. That's perfect. It that's is. great. That sounds fantastic. So um, the hubs sound like an amazing resource for people to kind of dive in and to kind of get those broad overviews. Is there anything you're doing specifically at kind of curriculum level to support academics in terms of that kind of curriculum enhancement? Um, there is. Um, we're, we're engaged in curriculum mapping projects, uh, two curriculum mapping projects. Uh, it, it's really a fundamental approach um, across the sector that all, all curriculum development like this is underpinned by a mapping. Um, so we're mapping our current teaching practice, our curricula and pedagogy against the rubric, which contains um, some knowledge learning outcomes yeah. structured around the sustainable development goals to give us some structure. Um, and those skills, attitudes, experience, learning outcomes I've spoken about before. So we, um, CIA have built a, a rubric against which we can map the learning in at module level. Mm-hmm. So there's two, there's two projects doing that. There's one that's led by the Guild, um, and that's part of Students Organising for Sustainability, a national organisation who've been doing this for some years. Um, and this is based on student volunteers being trained to map modules from their program area uh, against um, that that that's the, that rubric, um, and but uh, have been been dependent on student volunteers. Coverage isn't comprehensive, mm-hmm. so I think this year their aim is to cover two hundred modules. But it's very hard to get a number a handle on exactly how many modules are taught at the university. Yeah. But in some counts, I've seen it's up to nearly four thousand. Yeah. So you can see that two hundred, whilst it's very useful. And, and it engages students in this process of curriculum development. It doesn't cover much of the campus and it's dependent on who comes forward as a volunteer. So that's happening and it's very strongly supported by our working group and it's feeding in to the work of our group. But we thought to give a broader coverage, uh, it, we thought it was important to develop um, and, and put in place a staff mapping process as well. So this year, we're just in the pilot phase of that. Three schools across the university, the management school, my school of engineering and school of life sciences are picking program areas and there's a staff led mapping process. So the, the module coordinators, the program leads are mapping the learning outcomes against the rubric with consultation with their students, normally through the staff student liaison committees. But we're building our own picture. So for instance, in engineering, we're mapping every module in one of the program areas. So, um, we hope that having the staff process will cover more modules um, and we'll be able to apply perhaps a more qualitative analysis to the mapping. I think the students, of course, they're a very important voice in this. It's their experience, but they're not perhaps as well equipped to understand the curricula and the pedagogic mm-hmm. basis for some of the modules yeah. they study. Yeah. So the staff will give us a richer set of um, information that will help us improve in the future. So what the tool we're developing during the pilot will do will aggregate those module evaluations to build a programme picture. And that'll be a very useful tool for programme teams to understand how well they're covering the full set of learning outcomes related to sustainable development. Um, So it's an important tool in curriculum development. It's also an important tool for our working group and the university because as we do this every year, we'll have a longitudinal study into how Education for Sustainable Development is developing within the institution. Fantastic. 
And will that take into account this tool that you're going to develop, the kind of nuances? So I can see how that kind of mapping exercise could work for your school and for maybe the management school. But in terms of some of the subjects that we teach at the university, you know, maybe based in the humanities, how is that going to work for every module across the whole university? Yeah, I mean, it's a very good question, something that keeps me awake at night yeah. sometimes. It's, it's the fact I've been talking to the School of the Arts and their yeah. programmes aren't like ours. No. Many of the modules are elective, so it's very difficult to map a student pathway through their degree. So, of course, the mapping of their learning against uh, Education for Sustainable Development is much harder. Um, it's one reason that one of those programme teams isn't in our pilot study. We're, we're, we're keen to get the process built and then... We'll work very closely. Our work, our working group will work very closely with different uh, program teams to work out how what our approach can be tailored to suit their programs and their students. Fantastic. So I, I mentioned the Guild have been part of a national curriculum mapping process for many years. We studied this in some detail at the start of our working group, and we realised that more could be done to analyse, interpret and disseminate Mm -hmm. the results of those studies in a way that is useful for programme teams in their curriculum development. It sounds like the group is is involved in innovating and supporting lots of areas across the university. The the mapping tool is probably integral to that type of innovation. But what's next for the, what's next for your working group? Where do you go from here? Again, a good question and that's something that the working group are actually wrestling with at the moment. Um, in the current university sustainability strategy, there, there was one aim um, associated with education. Um, and that was that every student will have the opportunity to undertake a sustainability-related module, extracurricular activity or learning by 2022. Now, we achieved that just before Christmas. Right. Because the um, our student sustainability hub gives students access to a range of self-study courses, most importantly, our own sustainability in action course. So every student does have access to it, but extracurricular. Um, so whilst we're, we're proud of that achievement, we think our next aim, the next phase of our operation, should set ourselves a more challenging target. And I think I don't want to, I don't want to predict the, the decisions or the, or the, the I don't want to d- d- predict the outcomes of the discussions in our working group, but I think one thing will certainly be uh, at the heart, and that will be targeting more curricular, more assessed content so that it becomes more established as a fundamental part of our undergraduate programmes. Matt, that's been so interesting. And I know colleagues um, will really um, appreciate hearing what you've had to say about ESD. This podcast is called the Developing Practice Podcast. And we love to finish each recording by asking um, the people that we speak to for three or four take-home tips that our listeners can reflect on in terms of their own personal practice. So if you could leave us with a couple of tips, what would it be? Okay, so if I was advising someone who um, is just starting to think about how they might enhance their own practice in this area, the first thing I'd advise is to um, dig into the literature to fully understand the full range of learning outcomes that are connected with sustainable development. A great place to start, that I spoke about earlier in the podcast, is the recent QAA, uh, HEA um, Guide to Education for Sustainable Development, which you will find through that database of resources on the Staff Hub in CIE. So it'd be to understand, firstly, the, the full range of learning outcomes, and also, there's a lot of good practice out there already. We're not starting from scratch here. So also to really immerse yourself in the case study guides that uh, we've, we've put together.
the second piece of advice, I think, is speak to your students. Um, they have an expectation and they have a, a, a life and career ambition that it's part of our job to satisfy. So I think in terms of as you develop new learning experiences in this area, I think involving students as co-creators would be a fantastic thing to do. Um, and my third piece of advice, I suppose, and a shameless plug, is to uh, contact our working group. We're there to both inform and support your own development. That's what we're there for. So um, if you contact the working group, uh, then either myself or one of the faculty reps or Nick Bunyan from CIE will come out to your next programme team meeting, departmental or school staff meeting or a faculty education committee and describe the work of the working group and the general um, field of education for sustainable development. Fantastic. And on that note, I'll give one last plug for the workshop, the open workshop we're running as part of Sustainability Week, which is on Friday, the 24th of February. Um, and it's called Enhancing Education for Sustainable Development in Your Programmes. Wonderful. Thank you, Matt. Thanks yeah, for your time brilliant. today. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed um, that conversation with Matt. Uh, we discussed about how a lot of the work being undertaken around sustainable development at the university is specifically being driven by our students and their passion for sustainability broadly. And so as a result, it's crucial that sustainability is embedded within the curriculum of their programmes of study to further support students' understanding and future actions in relation to this important topic. Yeah, it was great to catch up with Matt um, following on from his first visit on the podcast. I really love the hope that the working group and their student interns have created to resource students and staff to think about and develop their practice in response to sustainability and in particular education for sustainable development. And we have linked to these hubs in the podcast show notes. Yeah, so if you'd like to take your thinking further, um, as Matt says, we've added some further resources to the website on a specific podcast reading list, which you can access at liverpool.ac.uk forward slash the hyphen academy forward slash podcast. And also, we love to hear what you think about each episode. So please do tweet us at liveuniacademy. And you can also find us at elearnermat or at alexandra underscore owen on Twitter. And we're really grateful for those who have taken the time to either rate or review our show in your podcast provider's app. So if you haven't done so already, please do take the time to review our show. Or even better, simply share the episode with friends and colleagues on your social media. Bye for now. Bye.